Welcome to Purpose and Productivity, a podcast made possible by the SkyPass Group of Companies and SkyLife Success. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Greetings, everybody, and a sensational Saturday morning to you, which is the time of this recording. I hope that you have had a productive week, a purpose-driven desire to do more over this weekend or strong end, as we like to call it, and have purpose ahead of you in the week ahead. This past week, I delivered a message uh, for a group of folks, and it was titled, The Calling and the Caller, The Spiritual Side of Success. In podcast past, I've alluded to some of the elements of it, but today, as I was looking at the notes of the preparation for that, I stumbled on some things that I had written about a year ago while I was in India. I never envisioned that in my calling that I would ever be in a position like this where I would be relegated to the sidelines as one who was called for almost six months a rudder that is aimless, a direction that is pointless, and a situation that seems hopeless. But beyond it all, there is the calling of the caller, who is God Almighty, and we are the people called to this calling. I title this The Spiritual Side of Success because in addition to our secular roles that allow us to make a living and shape a life, there is a spiritual side to that success. Man is tridimensional. We are mental, physical, and spiritual. And wherever you are in this journey, I hope today's message gives you hope amidst the fatigue, amidst the perceived failure. How do we look at the faith and the future? And I wanted to touch on a scripture that I have used in this. And the scripture comes from the Old Testament and the Bible from the prophet Isaiah in chapter 54, verse 2. The prophet Isaiah 54, 2. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. This was, of course, the verse that William Carey used, they say, as his catch verse, as the one that was his go-to. The lengthening your cords, strengthening your stakes, which eventually became the word that he used to define him, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. In the early days of the tabernacle, the tabernacles were made of, of course, the tents were erected and those were the places of worship. So the bounds of the church were extended and every time that they needed to be extended more, you enlarged the place of your tent by stretching the tent curtains wide. And the prophet was basically saying, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. So in the old days of the tabernacle, when the tabernacle got full, all they did was increase the space in the tabernacle. In modern churches, we have to embark on big building programs and all that, but in the olden days, it was probably much more easier to accomplish and easier to fathom. So let's look at some of the components of this journey. First is our fatigue is always possible when you are called to do something unique for God, when you're called to do something exciting for God, when you attempt great things for God and you expect great things from God. The reason I add God to the equation, even though some of you may be listening to this for secular success, I want you to today and in the days ahead draw on the spiritual side. Uh, 
fatigue is always possible. It, is, uh, it is, seems like something that consumes us. When you look at the pandemic, one of the, one of the byproducts of the affliction of this COVID-19 uh, disease or virus is fatigue. And most people say that when they contract it, as they go through it, as they wrestle with it, the body's fatigue is one of the things that debilitates them. You add to that the other symptoms and you can understand the fear that goes with it and the necessary precautions that have to be taken. Some of us have traveled. By God's grace, we have stayed healthy amidst taking the precautions. And every time I get out in public and I come back for a period of time, uh, and I find myself being fatigued or find myself having that little uh, bout of tiresomeness, then mind immediately races to the fact that maybe I have been exposed. Or, you know, it's a very interesting stage because the symptoms of this debilitation that has crippled the globe are ever present and ever talked about. We never talked about it with the flu. We never talked about it with any of the other viruses and contagions we've had. Because in those situations, the people who were afflicted were quarantined. And for the very first time, healthy people are being quarantined. I want to go you to go back to the concept of the tent. When you are called and you feel that the caller has called you and you have embraced the calling, then how do you enlarge your tent? How do you strengthen your, uh, your core, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes? How do you increase the scope of your operation if the first thing that goes to mind when you are tired or when something happens to you is you immediately go to symptoms? And, uh, I can understand where we are because that is 24-7. You switch on the news, which I don't watch anymore, regardless of my desire to stay connected. I've stopped watching the news because they constantly parade mortality. They constantly parade that which is the most dire of the situations. And as I look to the promise of God, he has never given me one assurance as far as what my earthly security will be. His promise has always been for my eternal identity. So I have to go back and lean within the content of the words given to me to live in the world that I have now been given to, that I have to strengthen my uh, stakes, I have to lengthen my cords, I have to extend the size of my tabernacle, I shall not hold back. My fatigue is always possible, but I have to be a responsible person this time and ask myself, how reliable am I? If I'm going to rate myself, what is my reliability? What is my awareness or my attentiveness? What is my transformation? And what is the way in which I would give myself some kind of excellence? So this fatigue is always possible. The fatigue may come at the end of a trip. We just took one. The fatigue may come because of the fact that you don't know whether you've been exposed to something. The fatigue may come because the weather was good yesterday and you did a lot of outdoor work. Or the fatigue may come because you worked out late last night. Or the fatigue may come because of something. It may be physical. It may be mental. I just, when I talk to my father, I do experience some amount of mental fatigue because of the fact that he has been by himself and I so wish I can be there. But every time I talk to him, I'm mentally exhausted because the situation is always left up to unknown possibilities and untold probabilities. So this morning when I talked to him, I said, you know, I'm planning to come, but we don't know what will happen. And it has never happened to me before in all of my travels and all of my uh, plans that I 
left that much to speculation that could change on a dime. So the fatigue is always possible. And I still need to be responsible as a person who is going to witness to others that there is a word of God, that I am part of one who is called. I respond to the caller. And as a result, I'm going to embrace my calling seriously. I'm going to constantly encourage myself to extend the place of my worship, to strengthen my cords, to lengthen my stakes, so to speak. Now, if fatigue is always possible, failure is always present, which is another component that we are experiencing right now. None of us know when the next contract is going to be canceled. None of us know when the next engagement is going to be shelved. None of us know when the next opportunity is going to be postponed. And we have lived in this, uh, in this uncertainty now for going on six months. People keep saying new normal, and I refuse to accept that because even within the new normal, I want to strengthen my cords. I want to lengthen my cords. I want to strengthen my stakes. I want to enlarge the place of my operational way. And the reason I'm pleading with you this Saturday morning as I sat and did my devotions is there are many people who are sitting on the fence saying, I'm going to wait and see. You know, in Mother India, in a movie that was, I think, India's first submission to the Oscars in the late 50s, and it, it portrayed Sunil Dutt and then Rajendra Kumar and I think Nargis, for those of you listening from India, and all of these people are now heroes of years gone by. But uh, there's a song in Mother India which has been quoted by many people, but the song has a very, very sober set of lyrics. It says, Dunya mein agar aaye to jeena hi padega, jeevan agar zeher hai to peena hi padega. It says, if you have come into this world, you have to live. If life gives you poison, and that is the only sustenance to live, then you have to drink that poison. Uh, and I find it fascinating that that is a relegation to a fatalistic output that we're going to take what comes at us and we're going to live it on its terms. But that's not what the scripture is saying. It is saying enlarge the place of your tents. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cord, strengthen the stakes. So you have to build with the anticipation that you're going to grow. You have to expand with the anticipation that you're going to prosper. And this is not material prosperity, but this is the ability to fulfill that calling. So while fatigue is always possible, this failure is always present and this fatalistic attitude is always being perpetrated and given to us. So what is the solution? The solution is that your faith has always got to be patient, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Uh, I obviously subscribe to the Judeo-Christian worldview and the Judeo-Christian worldview promises one thing. When I go to God humbly in prayer, when I put all my petitions in front of him, my sorrow is conquered right away and joy begins at the center of my life. And then for the rest of my life, the outworking is to conquer the sorrow. But there are other worldviews where, you know, you begin with some kind of sorrow and you try to outwork yourself and outdo yourself and outwork others to find joy. But God is saying here, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, expand your tents, which means I am present with you. And as you grow with me, I will grow with you. This past week, I heard a gentleman speak when I was at that Amelia Island uh, uh, resort of the Fellowship for C C Companies for Christ International, or the brilliant organization. But I heard some fascinating words. But one of the gentlemen there said something. He says, uh, Jesus is my friend. I use my Lord and Savior as my confidant, as my companion. And in fact, he pulled out his phone and he says that I have Jesus in my contacts. And it's, it's said there, Lord Jesus, in the contacts on his phone. And I thought, what a 
personal and profound way to reach out to God. Like I said, God has not promised me one one iota of security on earth, but he has promised me his assurance of eternity with him in heaven. But if I'm going to reach out to him in prayer and I'm going to reach out to him in faith and he is the one who has called me and his is the calling I obey, why not have him in my contacts? So immediately in the contacts in my phone, I put the Lord Jesus Christ. And you put a fictitious number in there because obviously the number is just there and the issue there is symbolic. But this speaker had something even more profound to say. He says, when I'm confronted with a problem, I look at the person who has literally bought me with his blood, which means I am a slave to him, not figuratively purchased by a price, they wash shed blood, and I believe that. He says, which I am fully owned by him, and I am now a slave of his because he purchased me with his blood. The price he paid was true, and the price he paid was something that made me new. As a result of that, since he owns me completely, every problem I have is now his problem. So anytime I'm confronted by anything, anytime I'm confronted by something that gives me a debilitation, that gives me a disappointment, that gives me a disillusionment, he says, I just turn up to him and says, looks like my friend, you have a problem. And I thought, what a personal and profound way to tell God that I do believe you. I am going to extend my tent. I am not going to hold back. I am going to lengthen my cords. I am going to strengthen my stakes, regardless of what I see in front of me in a temporal way, because I believe your eternal calling came from before time. I believe your eternal calling is on me during this time. And I believe your eternal calling will call me home at some point in the future. The calling and the caller, the spiritual side of secular success. What a profound thought. Our faith should always be patient. You need to testify to the uniqueness of why you believe. This is your transformation. This is your... This is your transference in what will guide you through times when you think that it is dark. This is the purpose that will give you productivity. This is what will encourage you. So anytime during this week, during the days ahead, if you feel the slightest doubt, you feel the slightest fatigue, you begin to subscribe that there is something out there that is uh, out of your control, that there is something out there that is now spiraling in a direction that is uh, giving you this fear. Understand. The fatigue is constant. It's possible. The failure is present because it is being paraded in front of you. But the faith has to be patient. You need to testify in a unique way. Here's the best news I can give you. If you are in the valley with everybody else, become a hope giver that leads them out of the valley. Uh, the, The saying still holds true. If you're going to pull me up, you better be on higher ground. And by higher ground, I don't mean a figurative higher ground. I mean, if we are all in the valley, some of us have to be ahead in that valley to give hope. So if our fatigue is always possible, our failure is always present, and the faith is always patient, the future is always proclaimed. God says, I will be with you to the ends of the age. God says that I wait for you. I build a house for you in my father's home. And uh, it's a constant. It's a present. It's a future that is available to us. You need to empower his word. You need to empower his word. Uh, The other day I got a message from someone who says he had been following me on YouTube and he, he appreciates the fact that I have been consistent in the years he's heard my message. Obviously, in the last year, the number of messages we have put out in the digital medium has amplified exponentially because of the need of the hour and obviously the time that we had at our disposal. But he says, I've gone back through the archives and searched things that were put on YouTube by other people long before you had your own channel, long before you had your 
your own podcast. And one of the things I see is amidst pain, amidst doubt, amidst uncertainty, you have always been transparent about the fact that you feel afflicted too. You feel affected too, but you have never lost your desire to somehow bring hope every single day by giving people that glimpse. Even this morning, I told my dad, if this is the new normal, let's make sure that we subscribe to our old excellence. Let's, let's make sure we stay connected. Let's make sure we talk every day. With what time we have, let's look forward in anticipation to that glorious time when we will be together. We don't know what the conditions will be around that if and when I get to land in India. We don't know the conditions around that in terms of what will be the new restrictions. But I said, you know, he's 86 and I'm 58. And I said, we owe it to ourselves to try. And I thought to myself, what a powerful statement that we need to give to ourselves every single day as we look at purpose and productivity. We owe it to ourselves to try. What answer will we give ourselves if when we look tomorrow, because today we had anticipatory grief and tomorrow revealed itself to be the same as today, and we did nothing because we relied today on the news of yesterday and did nothing significant today. I don't know if you're following my thread. The thread is simply this. Each day will bring its own problems. Tomorrow will bring its own heartache. But if we sit today on our haunches and refuse to have any kind of plans for tomorrow because we feel tomorrow will be a repetition of today, the lack of planning today will allow you to experience tomorrow in the same way. The calling and the caller, the spiritual side of secular success. I love it when the prophet says, enlarge the size of your tents. He says, go go forward enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, don't hold back, lengthen your cord, strengthen your stake. So amidst this time when we are wondering what tomorrow holds, ask yourself how you can stretch yourself now, how you can expand yourself now. This is good on two ways. If new opportunity comes, you have created the opportunity or you have created the space to embrace it. If new problems arise, you have expanded your scope in your ability to be able to deal with them. There is no downside in this. Enlarge the place, expand the space, extend the race, and empower the grace. As William Carey said, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. Hopefully this message on this Saturday morning was encouraging, was heart, heartwarming. It, uh, it allowed you to look at the doubt you have. It allowed you to look at the disappointment. But then immediately it transformed you into that desire to claim something for yourself, to understand that this future that we are looking at is indeed something that is going to be real. So remember, my friends, the fatigue is always possible, and if you watch the news, it is going to uh, it is going to make you tired. The failure is always present because that's all that's being paraded. The, the death counts are always talked about. The number of people getting sick is always talked about. The number of people cured is not talked about. The vaccine is shown as something in the future, but the trials that the vaccine... See, hope is given in doses just as much as failure should be experienced as... You know, in marriages, we say there's never been a blowout. It's long series of slow leaks that were never plugged. But failure is always given to us in the totality of its occurrence, but hope is never presented to us in the totality of its possibility. When hope is presented to us, they give us small slivers and hoping that we will add it. But when failure is presented to us, it is always presented as this great gloom and doom. 
Our faith fatigue is possible, failure is present. But remember, your faith has to be patient. You need to testify to the uniqueness of what you believe. And your future is always proclaimed. It was predicted for you. It was preordained for you. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So my friends, remember this. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes, said the prophet Isaiah. Attempt great things for God, expect great things from God, said William Carey, who used the verse of Isaiah to revolutionize himself and a nation. Until next time, this has been Purpose and Productivity. Thank you so much for the here. God bless. That concludes another episode of Purpose and Productivity with Chris Dunham, brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at chrisdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.